For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody out there entangled in the interwebs? We're back recording the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. We sent Ross Martin out on assignment to Brooklyn, even though the game tonight was in Denver. (laughs) Make his way all the way down here from Thornton. We've got the king himself, Jeff Morton. What's up, everybody? Um, something just occurred to me, Nate, while you were talking. Um, we are actually high above the streets of Denver, Colorado for a change. We're back. We're back. We've done it. <laughs> we're post-gaming from the press box at Pepsi Center with special guest Adam Marez of... Marez. God, let me, where are all the places you're right for? Denver Stiffs. HP uh, Hardwood Proxism. The, uh, what's the, the nylon calculus is what you're right for. Yeah. yeah. Nylon Calculus has some great statistics on their site. I mean, if, if, you, if you are an analytics person, you need to uh, definitely read that stuff up because uh, it's... Read it up. <laughs> read, that, read that up because it's uh, certainly um, informative and educational for those who are inclined for such things. Adam, what's your favorite... <laughs> what's one of your favorite, like, really weird stats like i saw one that was like nba point guard personality or something and you it's a combination of things yeah i don't scared me (laughs) you're putting me on the spot here i'm not i don't think i have a a favorite stat maybe my own stat which i invented half court pace which i like a lot which is basically how much a team moves around in the half court on offense i like that why don't you i think that's a good stat and by the way we're all about ambush journalism here (laughs) (laughs) got your questions already here no i don't there's a couple of really, really cool ones, but they're usually more obscure. Obscure stats are always good. Like uh, fastest hair growth in the NBA or something like that. <laughs> that is a good one. Not Charlie Villanueva. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad no, joke. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It was a Charlie Villanueva joke that got Kenyon, uh, uh, what's his name, Kevin Garnett in trouble with George Carl. Good old Kevin Garnett. Oh, so the Nuggets lost to the Nets again. Uh, yeah. 121-120, heartbreaking fashion of Brooke Lopez tip-in to win this one. Yep. And a Jokic Just misfired like a backward over-the-head soccer I don't even know in. what that was. What, 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 what would you say that shot was, uh, Adam? A reverse granny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a reverse granny. It was. It, it was. It was. It, you, I didn't leave disappointed, I guess. <laughs> I mean, they lost to the Nets, which is never good. But, I mean, they played a bunch of young guys down the stretch, which is what we've been wanting. So Malone is really funny, isn't he? His his closing lineups are different game to game. Yeah, they are. Whether they're close or not. Like, this was a close game, and he had Moutier and Jokic both out there. Two days ago, he didn't have those guys out there. He ran with Augustine. So, yeah, I don't get it. I, I, yeah, yeah. Is this... In the NBA, do you need a set closing lineup? Like, how many guys in the last five minutes of a one-point game do you routinely want to see out there? 
does it, does it have to be four out of five guys usually? Do you ride one hot hand sometimes? Or what, it... what is the advantage of playing DJ Augustine? You know, for the last 15 minutes of a close game, like we did the other day. I don't understand unless... Free agent to be, DJ here, 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 yeah, it co- for, here it comes. Yeah, unrestricted free agent. No, no, no. Well, I'm sure we'll get into this, but... I'm, I'm just saying, like, win or lose, you want Moody to have experience. And, right. and yeah. one thing I do yeah. think about Coach Malone, I still love Malone a lot, mm-hmm. but I do think... I, and I also think coaches are very, very important yeah. in the NBA. More, a lot of people say it's a player's league. Coaches don't matter. I, I, I think coaches make a huge difference. But I think maybe he even overestimates the value of a coach in that. And that's part of why he always plays the matchup. Sometimes Fareed will play 40 minutes, and then sometimes he'll play 20 or, or 10. Yeah. And that stuff has happened all year. And I do wonder if sometimes, and he talks in post games, he'll always say, you know, well, I just didn't like the matchup tonight or this or that. Yeah. Sometimes you have to be a team that just trusts your players to impose your will rather than to react to what's going on. And I think Maloon probably is too far to the other side where he's always reactive. Well, I, I, I'll say this. My feeling on that, that kind of situation is someone who is probably coaching a little too emotionally in the game. I think that is a sign of someone who is, needs to find his own center before he, he applies it back to the Nuggets because – Usually, when a, a coach is like just wildly, I mean, it's pretty been. Let's we can all, I think, three can admit that the Nuggets' end of game line, lineups this year have been wildly inconsistent. Sure, they, they just vary so much from game to game. I mean, of course, Gallo would be about there if he wasn't injured right now. Right. Um, you know, but after out of outside of Gallo, that whole thing has just not been the same. And usually, that's a sign of a coach who is just like coaching with some emotion once he finds his ability in and i think some of its confidence in himself he'll be able to just trust people and i think it's if once he trusts people the end of game lineups will become more consistent i just like having Jokic out there because it just seems like good things happen when he's on, he's yeah. on the floor i mean he stretches the floor on offense he rebounds he defended pretty damn well tonight against brooke lopez yeah. he, had a, he had a nice pick and roll defense on shane larkin and him not playing late in games has been frustrating where you're like why are you playing Joffrey? Like, Joffrey's getting slaughtered in almost every situation. But, you know, you want to see, like like Adam said, you want to see the young guys get the experience for next year. Yeah. You want to see Moutier handle the ball in these exactly. one-point games, these crazy situations. You want to see Jokic. Mm-hmm. You want to see Gary Harris. I don't know if you want to see Will Barton much anymore, but, you know, maybe. <laughs> that's that's but, a your subject lately. And Barton's a weird guy because he's good off the bench. He's good in spurts. And I think we're figuring out that he is definitely a bench player, right? I mean, he's definitely your, Oh yeah, definitely bring him in. If he's, if he's hot, ride him. If he's not sit him, definitely don't play him in, in crunch time. He's very think. much a, he's one of those wild card players. You know, I, I keep thinking of, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia where, uh, <laughs> Charlie day cuts the brakes on their van and says, wild card bitches. <laughs> that's, that's what every time I think of every time I look at Barton, I think, this is a guy who is a complete wild card, and the, unfortunately for him, the last, oh, I don't know, several games, he has been not just bad, awful. He's definitely in a funk, and, yeah. and actually, Jeff, you and I were talking about this. Chris Dempsey was talking with us a little bit before the game about Barton's value, and First of all, he's getting making three million a year, which is nothing, especially next year. That's like yeah. that's like less than a rookie scale. It's like it's free. Yeah, yeah it really is like he's free. <laughs> it's free money. It's free money. It's free money. Um, so I think obviously his contract value is perfect. There's nothing you can complain about there. But he is. I I, I kind of harp on some of the same themes over and over again, and one of them is versatility. 
And the other one is consistency. And I th- like you, you mentioned it earlier, Barton's the kind of guy that will win a game for you, and then he'll lose sure. the next one for you. Or, you know, it's tough to know what you're going to get in terms of if he's going to make or miss his shots, make or miss his fast break contested layups, things like that. Um, but I think more importantly is just when he's out there, he's going to play one way. And it's almost like whoever you pair him with, he's still going to play his game. And I don't know. I, I think that's a weakness. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. It, you know, hopefully our bench has been pretty miserable. And, and that's not, you know, if Wilson Chandler was here and Nurkic was playing, I think our bench would be very good. But yeah. unfortunately that hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, but part of that is just, I think, no matter who you paired Barton with, even if we did get better, for him to be effective, he's still going to have to be kind of playing, still going to be shooting from the hip quite a bit, which I don't think... Like, if he was on the Spurs, I asked this earlier. If, if Imagine him on the Spurs with David West and Boris Diaz and stuff. He would probably be reckless, and you'd be like, slow it down. Let's, let's yeah. run our offense. Yeah, and that's what, you, what I've wondered about with him all season is, okay, if the Nuggets, you know, make a leap in the next couple of years, if they are a fringe playoff team, if they get into the playoffs, whatever, can he play a role on, on, a, on a good team? You know, yeah. Yeah. Can he be a, a half-court guy? Can he? What role does he play? And I, You know, I think he's fine if he's, he's – he played 29 minutes in February. I mean, he's averaging about 30 minutes on the season. And that, to me, that's just too much. But I think that'll even out as you get other players in here and as you make some moves. But then you have to ask yourself, too, you know, should you sell high on him in the offseason if you have some kind of deal that presents itself? I keep talking myself into DeMarcus Cousin trades, which is <laughs> insane with the most unpredictable franchise around. But. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, it's hard to sell high on someone who is making three million right. a year. Exactly. And. It's a steal for the Nuggets. They're, they're, their incentive, they have very, because of that deal, they have little incentive to get rid of them. Right, exactly. And if he was making, say, eight, nine million a year, you know, maybe we could talk. But since he's only making three, I mean, he's got three for owed for the next two years after right. this one. Yep. It, we're not talking about someone who's a burden on the franchise. He really is kind of, he is a steal relative to his production. So the Nuggets really don't have much incentive to send him away for something. Unless it's like a throw-in for a superstar or something like that, which is, I mean, those trades are few and far between. One of the issues with Twitter and, and the Internet in general is it's difficult to critique a person or a player without sounding like you hate everything about him. And Barton's <laughs> kind of that way. Like You he's found a that fun, out this year, haven't you? Yes, I have <laughs> found that out this year. Barton's a fine player. I actually like him. I like watching him. I like rooting for him. He's got yeah. a lot of very, very good qualities. I, I think the best way to put it is if the Nuggets were to move him for, you know, a lateral move or something like that, I wouldn't be crushed. If the Nuggets traded Gary Harris or Moody or Jokic, I'd be crushed. I'd be pretty upset. Yeah. Um, but if they moved Barton, I'd say, okay, you know, if it was a good deal and the pieces worked, I would say, you know, that's fine. Uh, there's no, no problem with that. Yeah. If they traded Jokic to, like, the Knicks, I'd move to New York and blog for <laughs> posting the toast. <laughs> I think we all feel that way. I really do. I love that guy. He's fun. Um, Axel Toupee played tonight. Toupon. <laughs> I'm going to call him Toupe. Toupe, because I, I mean, right. first time I saw that, I'm like, Toupe, Toupain, when I was mispronouncing his name, and I'm like, Toupe. Ooh. And this, um, is, this is kind of that funny part of the season where you start out with one team, and then at the end you have injuries and 10 day contracts yeah. come into oh, play, yeah. and suddenly we have DJ Augustin, we have Jakar Sampson, and we have Axel. Axel, Axel Tupan. You have these weird players, and you're going, where do they fit into the whole scheme of things? You know, are, are any of these three going to be here next season? No. You know, and, and you wonder, like, well, why play them? Or you need them in practice? But it's it's just a funny part of the season where you start seeing different jerseys rotating in and out of your franchise. No, it's, it really is weird to watch. Um, 
I remember in God the nineteen ninety seven. The, the Nuggets brought in two guys on 10-day contracts that helped them get to 11 wins that year. Otherwise, they went on like a, a streak at the end of the season where they won four games. If it wasn't for those two guys on the 10-day contract, it would have never happened. Was John Crotty one of them? I don't believe so. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, John, John, Car- John Crotty's been brought up quite frequently in the press box recently. Um, but yeah. I love hating me some John Crotty. <laughs> but it's like... Some guys, sometimes, that, I mean, you never see guys on 10-day contracts signed by, say, teams that are in the thick of it, Un- unless they're, like, were hit by a rash of injuries. So, obviously, this is a sign that the, this team is not exactly what you would call a juggernaut right now, and, you know, they're just trying to go. I mean, they not only the Nuggets bad, but they're, they have injuries. So, when in that yeah. combination, you try out guys like Jakar Sampson and um, Brian, or, uh, um, Kilpatrick and uh, Tupon. Tu- Tupon. Yeah, old wow. Tupon. What do you guys think of, speaking of buyouts and changing teams, what do you think of Ty Lawson going to the Indiana Pacers? You know what? I, not to make a pun here, but they're running at a higher pace now. So, obviously, Ty Lawson is a, is a better fit. Cut his mic. <laughs> Cut Jeff's mic. I mean, does he do anything there? I kind of liked who's their backup. Is it Joe Young or something like that that's been playing there? Really? Some Somebody like that. He, he killed the Nuggets in a game or two. I kind of liked him. He was yeah. kind of nice. But, like, where does Lawson go? Do you like that fit at all for him? Um, is that better than going to, like, it's like Brooklyn? A, it's a good culture. It's a smart team. So you never know. The thing about Lawson is, it's kind of hard to know any of the of. Uh, it's, it's hard to know where his value is because, yeah. for one, yeah. we know, um, you know, obviously he has recreational activities. He's kind of not, he's not old, but he's kind of at that point where guys do fall off if they don't stay in shape. And he went. He was here in Denver where no one was watching. There was no expectations. He was the best player on the team or second best player. He went to Houston and wasn't complete non-factor. Um, wasn't even getting in the rotation. Um, So it's possible that he's really has just had a steep decline and he's no longer a very productive player or the player, um, you know, that some people think. But that is a good culture there. It's a very good team. So there is a chance that it'll work out. I I didn't really see them as a fit when I saw I was like, oh, the Pacers, of course. Like it it made sense a little bit, you know, playoff team with needs and – I do wonder with him, like you said, Adam, is it a decline or can he come in and run that second unit? The fit in Houston was just bad, and I, I hope he does well. I always liked Ty. Yeah. He was always a really nice guy to talk to. You could chat with him about hoops, whatever, and I thought he was smarter than he got credit for as well as, as far as like basketball IQ. Uh, just in talking to him, although I may have terrible basketball IQ, so <laughs> everything he said may have sounded way smarter to me. Uh, novice with the game. This guy's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Um, I, th- I thought Ty's I, I hate to be one of those people, but I think Ty's pe- demons got the best of him. And they were always lurking. But when Ty first came to the Nuggets, there was a lot of veterans. You had Ty Chauncey Billups here. And then, obviously, there was a bunch of veterans on that team. And then when all those guys left, it was him. I think once George left, and George's was his anchor, once George left, um, it, it kind of was free-for-all, basically. I'm kind of convinced that he can he can come back as a productive player if he gets himself sorted because I think the last two years have gotten the best of him. And culture's a big thing, especially yep. for a guy like that. And Houston 
from every report that's come out this year, sounds like it's one of the worst cultures. Really yeah. is. And yeah. so that was a bad fit, I think, just not even from an X's and O's and on the court standpoint, but just from an off the court standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I think Indiana will be very different. No, obviously. And, and, you know, it's in Indianapolis. We're not talking, you know, Broadway. Right. You know, so you're <laughs> all the no NBA offense players to go out to Broadway. Is that, is that what you're saying? They're yes. always out late at the show on Broadway. <laughs> Heard Cats is playing again, guys. Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's round up the gang. <laughs> We're going to go see Chorus Line. Um, and but, how about the Spurs yeah. parting ways with Ray McCallum to bring in old Andre Miller, and then they signed Kevin Martin today, too. That's their, Did these guys play it all for San Antonio? Like they're claiming former Timberwolves, that's what they're doing. But uh, what do you think, Adam? Andre Miller's going to make it out of the first round? <laughs> I think he will this year. Wow. Um, Maybe that's why they signed him, just, was like just to throw him a bone. <laughs> you know, I watched a lot of Minnesota this year, but Andre Miller wasn't, you know, it wasn't in the rotate. He wasn't playing a lot of minutes. No. And I, he's one of my favorite Nuggets of all time. I love Andre Miller. I absolutely love his game. I love really? his personality. Um, so I hadn't watched him he for knows. a while. and. He, they played last night. He was so slow. Like <laughs> he's just like a one on zero walking the ball up court, you know. Like after the other team made oh, yeah. it, and like he was trying to jog, and it looked like he was out of breath yeah. just jogging up. It was pretty <laughs> remarkable. Andre was always one of the most quirky people in the locker room when, when I would talk to him. He's he, he's an he's an interesting dude. He was really he's an interesting. He is dude. an interesting dude. <laughs> I talked to him one day. He was uh, he was shooting with Von Fournier, and they had that. The greatest invention of all time, that giant basketball thing that counts yeah. your shots and stats. Mm-hmm. And you shoot into that net. I don't know. I love that thing. I want that in my house. I wish I had it growing up. I'd be in the <laughs> NBA probably. <laughs> but you know, so he, him and Fournier were shooting around, whatever, and I was stayed after practice, and there's nobody up there. So Miller's walking off, and I stopped him and just asked him about Fournier. And he actually stayed and talked to me for like two or three minutes and had some pretty good stuff to say about Evan where I was like, oh, maybe this kid's going to be a, like, a pretty good player. You say, hey, Nate. Yeah. Evan Fournier. I would absolutely love for Andre Miller to be a coach at some point. I would just right? be so fascinated to hear him give press conferences day it's in and day out. It's interesting. I'm not entirely sure Andre has the temperament to be a coach. but Oh, I know he doesn't. Do you remember? It was. I mean, this has been like seven or eight years now, but he gave like the most egregious flagrant foul, shoved a guy, and then I think they kept him like a one-game suspension. It was, was Blake Griffin. The Blake Griffin one. Yeah. And, and he came out, and I remember his quote being like, that wasn't even a foul. <laughs> Suspend me for that. <laughs> that was the Blake Griffin foul. I remember that very, very, very vividly. And if we're going as well with the with the player coach talk, I Matt Moore had an article today on on Mike Miller. Uh, asked him a little bit about being a coach after he's done playing, and I guess there is some interest there. And just watching him this season on the bench, like when the Nuggets are playing and he's up and down. There was a game last week where Joffrey came off the floor and was walking back to the bench. And Miller stopped him, and he turned around and came back, and Mike talked to him, you know, pointed out a couple things on the floor, had a brief conversation, and then uh, Joffrey went and sat down. And I was like, man, I wonder, like, that was pretty cool. Like, look, Mike Miller's a player coach. He really is. Yeah, and it's nice to have that kind of thing in the locker room. And the Nuggets actually have uh, several guys who are, who are actually kind of like that. Jameer's like that. Gallo's mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Guys that will, will do that sort of thing. It would be nice if that was your best player, you know, who was able to do – Impart stuff, and they respected him a lot, and that would that would really bring a team together. You yeah, know? I remember reading those that those Chauncey Billups articles where he credits you know Sam Mitchell and I can't remember who the other guy was. Sam Mitchell and somebody uh, like those veteran guys that really helped him out. Was it when he was on the Timberwolves? Yeah, um, and then obviously he had he had that players union or players Tribune piece where he really credited uh, Brandon Terrell. Yeah, 
That's the right name? Terrell yeah. Brandon? Terrell Brandon. Yeah, he really credited him for, like, you know, showing him the ropes. And I remember just, you know, when we started asking Jameer Nelson kind of over and over about Moutier at, at training camp and stuff, you could kind of tell that he was getting Definitely. sick of, yeah. of hearing about it, you know? And, <laughs> like, I, I, I always wonder, like, how much those guys, you know, like Jameer said, it's not my job to go yeah. talk to him. He can come ask me stuff or whatever. And it, it's good to see Billups talk about guys that actually – reached out to him and kind of brought him along. You know? Yeah. It was, yeah. it's crazy. And Mike Miller doing that here in Denver. I just, I keep going back to it all season, just about how cool that is to see. And, yeah. And he had no reason to come here. You know, he has a little bit of a relationship with some of the guys in the front office, obviously. And it was, I just think it's been absolutely awesome to have him here. I, you know, actually he had a podcast. Imagine if like, oh, man. Woj gave him a podcast on the network as well. JJ Reddick I mean, podcast. He's a great interview. He'd be playing he's a, a lot very of, good interview. And playing a lot of country music too. Um, <laughs> but he uh, he definitely has that temperament, and it's it's a nice it's a nice thing to see because you you as a guy gets older, you can either take the Kobe path or you can take the Mike Miller path, or the you know you can be the guy who's just he's still the superstar, or you can be the guy who imparts knowledge. And I'm not actually saying that any path is is. Um, one's right and one's wrong because Michael Jordan wouldn't have done that. Michael Jordan would not have taken on a mentor role. You know, some guys, superstars are like that. And I think it's more the, the guys who are, like, to the point in their careers where they think they feel they need to impart whatever they do to, young, to a young team. I mean, Kevin Garnett, I'm sure, is very valuable. To the uh, oh, to the uh, to the Timberwolves, especially to Carl Anthony Towns. Big time. I mean, imagine having that here, you know, for Jokic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Did you get to watch Adam? Did you watch the Lakers Nuggets game the other night? Yeah, I'm sure. Did you guys Great get one. asked on Twitter about who's going to be a better player, Russell course, or Moutier? Yeah. yeah, we're way too early to for sure get into that, right? Um, I mean, it's fun to talk about, so I think we can. Yeah. You know, I've 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 said Moutier from the start. Um, and I'm sure part of that is just the bias of him being here. But there are some things that, that Moody does with this game that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo's really improved in the last month. A lot. He's been incredible. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I kind of <laughs> would like to reserve judgment, which is kind of my way of saying I think I might be wrong. He's punted. He's, he's, pun- he's got to punt on that answer. He's pulling a Trump. He's <laughs> pulling a Trump on this one. I was for it before I was against no, um, As long as we're not comparing hand both, sizes. They're both great players, and I do think there will be a definitive answer because they're so different. Yeah. Um, but uh, it will be interesting to see. and. You know what? That game got a little pushy shovey between those two guys. And yeah. Yep. You know what? I think I thought this at uh, Media Day when I first asked Moody about the D'Angelo Russell thing, and he the way he answered it, that made me think like this guy's actually a little irked that he was the second guard, not the first guard picked. And then you know Moody had a, Russell hit a three or something on Moody. Moody come down, scored on on Russell, and then kind of chest bumped him, kind of like gave him a little shove and a chest bump. Then <laughs> Russell shoved him back, and I thought. There's some maybe not bad blood, but very very competitive between. It's a nice these little two. rivalry. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice rivalry. It's kind of cool to see. I like it, and I think I think Moutier has more defensive potential than Russell. Oh, by a, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and that's to me. And I wonder if I don't know. You don't pick up stuff from. I don't know if you pick up stuff like you know. I think playing with Gary Harris is that going to help Moutier's defense? Probably. You know, I mean, picking up on stuff like that, going against him. I love Russell. I mean, they posted Russell up. To start the game a few yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, so I, I, I noticed that too. Yeah. Um, they posted Russell up with uh, Moutier, and uh, Moutier is not the greatest post-up player in the world, but it was a, it was a just and it signed to me that they wanted to go at it, right. which is I, I kind of like that. I mean, regardless of the result, I kind of liked that mentality. 
Because outside all the numbers, outside of everything like that, sometimes you just want to see a guy that wants to go at someone because you want to see that edge. You want to see that competitive edge. And I, I really did see that with Moody. And that was really encouraging to see. That being said, Russell has just bawled. Yeah. Bawled the last last month. <laughs> Both and guys have incredible vision, too. Uh, yeah. that's, that's, incredible. I mean, the whole, the, hopefully the, good, the result is both are good. Look, the NBA is in a great place. There's so many. I mean, there's a lot of talent right now, um, but there's a lot of young. Th- that rookie class is just so phenomenal. That well, I think, and Mario uh, Zonia is getting finally getting some time hey, too. It was supposed to be a weak draft two years before it happened. Everybody said it was going to be weak. Looks <laughs> damn good. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> you want to just get into that now? <laughs> who are your favorite rookies out of this class? Who do you uh, really? Who do you like if? if you have League Pass. Who do you watch? Do you watch rookies on League Pass if you're like, ooh, Chris Taps? Maybe oh, I'll course. check in on him. Um, I mean, Towns is my guy. I, I, he's everybody's guy. But uh, I haven't seen him for a while. Uh, he's so good. I've long talked about the evolution of the big man not being a move away from the post, but a move towards versatility. He's a guy that hits the three and posts up with incredible footwork and, and touch. And then defensively, he just he makes second-level reads on defense. I, th- I think he's going to be a MVP caliber caliber talent in three three years you know uh it'll it'll happen quick and i don't don't know if he's like anthony davis probably not i think towns from what i've seen has been more aggressive at least going to the rim but those get those that big guy that's that talented and versatile is insane to think about the difference between those two guys or the biggest difference in my opinion at least on the offensive side of of the ball is you can throw the ball to towns and you can let him initiate an action. He can he can force the defense's hand. Whereas Anthony Davis is more of a, a finisher. A, he finishes the play. Either he finishes it with a jump or he rolls to the rim, and somebody else yeah. draws the double team and then tosses it to him. He's like a, he's like a big wing. Yeah, slasher yeah. type thing. You're saying yeah, yeah. That's what you said. I mean, I, my my Towns and Porzingis are probably the best ones I've seen. You were going crazy for Zonia the other night. Oh man, he see, but, but he didn't play much. I mean, that's that was the big thing with Hizonia is that he just did not play much yeah. under Skiles, and uh, we saw him here um, two months ago, I think, and he was Gallo you know, was just abusing. Gallo was just you know just <laughs> taking it to him, and he didn't play much because Gallo was just abusing him. But I think more now he's that he's in the starting lineup. I mean, he he had a game where he was just going nuts, and I think that. You can see that now, but he's not nearly right now in the class of uh, Towns and Porzingis. I mean, mostly Towns. I would say Towns right. A, Porzingis is really, really close B. Basically. I think there's some other people coming up on, on Chris Tapps. I'll, I'll throw you two names that I've really enjoyed watching this year. One is Miles Turner, yeah. who I think is going to be a great player, yep. a really, really, really solid, yeah. unique, unique player. Did and you go to his pre-draft workout? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was here. Yeah, I was here for it. And he was nice. And you know what the funny thing was is he came. He was so professional. It, it, you know, he came to do the interview, which I'm sure this is like some of the first interviews, at least at this stage, that these guys have been doing. He was so polished, and I think he had like a 10 second interview. Nobody really had any questions for him, and it was, you know, it was kind of funny. But um, uh, the other guy is uh, Stanimal, Stanley Johnson, who I've been really, really, really impressed with. I think he's going to be a lockdown defender. Did you say Stanimal? Yeah, Stanimal, <laughs> Stanley Jeez. Johnson. <laughs> I like him too. Jeff didn't seem as high on Stanley when I threw his name out the nah. other day. He's, he's he's a football player who plays basketball, but um, <laughs> I uh, actually I would put uh, Devin Booker over. Oh man, you're over right. Stanley Johnson. Man, there's so many. I, I Devin like we Booker. Could do this for a while. <laughs> you know, Devin Booker was the one who impressed by 
far impressed me the most in the Nuggets workouts. He he just so and he smooth. was so and you know he was he looked like a guy who was like I kind of want Denver to pick me, and it was he was really kind of wanting to be in this situation. Not only that, he was just a really good shooter, and the Nuggets have not had a good shooter since the dawn of time. And it was it was. It was great, but I've seen he scored thirty something points like two games ago. He's yeah. just for a rookie. That's amazing. I think. In, in hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't blame the front office or anything about the Tolti Lawson situation, but it was draft night that Ty, mm-hmm. you know, was continued to kill his uh, his stock. But can, can't you imagine we could have traded for the tenth pick yeah. for Ty Lawson? I mean, can you imagine having him on our team right now? Would just be, it'd oh, be great. man, having de- oh man. I really enjoy his oh, game. I would love just coming off the bench and hit oh. like six threes. <laughs> just, uh, just screw that. Start him. I mean, I don't. I, I, Instead I, of Gallup? Well, he's a he's a. Was he a three? You can't start him in the mainstay. Gary Harris a spot. You have to start him in. He's a franchise player, man. <laughs> franchise player, Gary Harris. Um, but yeah, no, the Booker is then basically. I would say I would say it was been uh, Towns, Porzingis, and then Booker for me. Hmm. I love Miles Turner. He killed Denver. Was it the game in Indiana? Yeah, 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 five? Yeah. Yeah. He'd missed like what a month or eleven games leading up to that one. Came back and then <laughs> yeah. just torched it. I mean, he's he has the rare combo of being a rim protector and post defender and an outside jump shooter, which is yeah. it's kind of a rare combo. But it's, it's, it's like a better version of Lamarcus Aldridge, maybe. Um, okay, I can see it. Yeah, yeah I can see it. Better, way better on defense. <laughs> yeah, sure. on the defensive end. He's giant. And I don't know too. that he'll he's get huge. to that level yeah, on big. offense, but we'll see. Yeah, he's not as polished as uh, Aldridge is on right. offense, but he's he's more rounded. I guess that's the yeah. best way to put it. Yeah. He's, he's just got more about him than, than Aldridge does. He's big, too. He seems like he's, I don't know. Yeah. He seems like he's over seven feet or something. See, I've always thought LaMarcus Aldridge was like, you know, a cross between um, like a David West and Antonio McDice. But Mario Stoudemire is basically the direct comparison to Antonio McDice. But that was kind of the comparison I had in my head. And Miles Turner, if he turns into something like that, I mean, I would say Indiana has really benefited from a good draft pick. Have you guys been watching any college hoops or starting to watch any of the Draft Express videos that make you really happy? I don't watch crap. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, I think next week is when all the conference attorneys begin, and that'll be when I... I turn on yeah. for the first time, so I've watched one or two games total this I have, year. Yeah, I have not watched a single game. I've caught a couple of the ESPN uh, uh, Duke games with Brandon Ingram. Right. I wanted to see him saw after him in person. you start talking about him, Adam. Oh, you saw him in person? Yeah, I saw him at NC State. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You were. You were and he you took were. over the game. I mean, he was impressive. You know, I don't know if this translates to TV or if it was just my experience of being there, but it felt like everybody in the arena was like, Brandon Ingram's taking over this game, and it's we're done. <laughs> they hung with him for maybe the first 25, 30 minutes of the game, like kind of into the second half, and then Ingram just took over. Was, will will this be the first uh, really, really superstar kind of player that Duke's ever produced? <laughs> Grant Hill? <laughs> yeah. Grant Hill. Ankle injuries decimated. Yeah, I was going to say never a superstar. He really. was awesome. Oh, Grant Hill would have been – oh, come off it now. One of our, I, I love Grant Hill. Bobby Hurley? <laughs> well, <laughs> the list just <laughs> dropping <laughs> off here pretty quickly. Christian Luol, Leitner? Remember Luol Dang? Like Kobe didn't want to get – or he wanted to be traded to the Bulls right. at one point yes. in time so he could play with Luol. Oh, oh yeah. Luol. Well, crazy. that would have been – that tells you what a GM oh. Kobe would have been. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say uh, for shits and giggles, Nuggets get the second pick – draft Brandon Ingram, what does he play on this roster, assuming that most of this roster comes back intact? What does he play, where does he play, and how much would he play? 
Well, well. First of all, you were we're, we're assuming Brandon Ingram get, uh, the Nuggets will be available to get that pick, but if he gets yeah, uh, I said if, for six and for six and uh, put that in there. Uh, well, he'd have to play three. Yeah, I think, pretty much, right? I think he would probably play four in stretches, especially in the second half of yeah. the season after he gets a little bit used to the physicality of it. But I haven't Hart- watched him. Is he above the rim kind of, kind of guy? He's athletic. He's, He's athletic. athletic. He's yeah. long. He's long and athletic. Um, but the, the hard part about the Nuggets is Gallo and Wilson Chandler are a very solid starter backup at mm-hmm. the three spot. And, and Wilson Chandler is a little more versatile. He can slide to the four and stuff, but... I feel like the three spot is maybe when healthy is one of our uh, or more deep positions. So yeah. he'd probably end up having to play a little before. But man, I would love the lineups, the lineup combinations you could put with Moutier, uh, Harris, Gallo, or Chandler, and then Ingram at the four and Jokic at the five. There's just there's a lot of spacing there. There's a lot of like versatile and unique talent on the floor that I feel like we'd have a mismatch somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least offensively. I mean, I haven't watched enough of them, no, to be honest with you. You guys, you guys have that on me. Yeah, and I, I threw out a silly question the other day in a, a q and A I did with TJ McBride on BSN where I, I said, uh, should the Nuggets make a play for Kevin Durant in free agency? Just, <laughs> you know, obviously never going to happen, whatever. <laughs> but it's funny to think that the Nuggets might be in a position where in a year or two from now it wouldn't be ridiculous to say, yeah, they should go after that big-time free agent because maybe Moutier and Jokic are guys that people want to play with. But thinking of a guy like Durant there would be crazy. Well, this, this is a great point. I, I like the segue here because we were talking about this as well, Jeff, a little bit earlier, about when do the Nuggets push their chips in with this team? Because yeah. we're in a point right now, this season has been fun. I was actually talking before the game about how I'm at the point now where there's been no pressure. We weren't. I didn't think we were ever going to make the playoffs. Um, you know, this, this season, no matter what happens, as long as everyone stayed healthy more or less, we're going to be good. Where now I'm at the point, we're getting to the very last part of it where I feel, at least personally, like I have a pretty good read on this roster and what we have. And I don't think it's time to push the chips in and try to go all in and make a push now to, to be what we're going to be going forward. But I do think it's time to make some of the more of the small to medium moves. Um, so you're right. I think you're absolutely right that the Nuggets can be in position in 2017, the summer of 2017, to make a splash where maybe some players are starting to say, oh, you know, this is a destination because they do have some good talent on great deals, very young. Uh, I can grow with them. But I don't think that's going to happen this summer. I, I can't imagine that any free agent, top free agent, or even middle-level free agent would look at Denver and say, yes, I want to go there to win. And I would, I would hate to see Denver, like, sign Harrison Barnes to a max offer. Right. You know, where it's like, what are, what are we going to top out here? Seven, eight seed? You know, right. like is, is he the guy that, you, like you said, you push your chips in for? I would hate to see them do something like that this summer. It's like, be a little bit more patient. Like, you, you know, if expectations are going to be there a little bit next season to do better, but I, I would hate to see them rush things too much. I've used the, the metaphor that building an NBA team is kind of like uh, picking avocados. You know how avocados aren't ripe, and then all of a sudden they're ripe for like an hour, and then they're past ripe. That's kind of how it is with the Nuggets in that they have to uh, – there's going to be a very, very small window when it's not too late, not too early, and I think this summer is probably too early for the big move. It's going to be interesting because um, the Nuggets – I'm always of the of a different opinion that you can only keep – relying on the draft for so long right because you're you're only going to get diminishing returns i mean yeah. uh, the, the the kings were in the lottery for like what six seven straight years or have been in the lottery for the, that long almost 10 years we'll be again and 
it's it, once you reach a point to where I mean, yeah, you're mid you're mid lottery, you're making draft picks. Well, okay, if the goal is to get better draft picks in the lottery, you're you're d- diminishing over time because a lot of these these plays that are made for superstars are done with complete either luck or uh, you have a Kevin Love on your roster and you trade for the number one pick in, in uh, uh, Wiggins. You know, really, there is not a lot of variables there. So you get diminishing returns the more you pick mid-lottery or you get this this sort of thing. So the Nuggets are right at, I believe, in my it's a kind of frustrated opinion that they're right at the hinge point that, and whether they can go up or really down. Right. And they need to decide what they're going to be this off season, hmm. because if they stick with it, I don't know if this roster has the talent to move them anywhere farther than they are right now. I mean, that's just where I'm at. What do you mean, like as far as this off season? Like, what do you want to see them do? I well, see, I would either want them to go point down or point up. I hmm. wouldn't want them to hold court because they're going to have, regardless. They're going to have about twenty-six to thirty million dollars of cap space right. that they're going to have to fill. Right. This is a reality that, regardless of where we want them to be, that's going to be there. It's probably going to force their hand to pay someone. Yeah, I liked what uh, we were talking about this before the game. I was talking to my colleague Harrison Wind, and he brought up I think he heard on Nate Duncan's podcast or something where uh, I think the example they used was if you have all this money to spend. And you don't really want to blow it, you know? It's like, just give, like, Jaja Pachulia a one-year $15 right. million dollar yeah. deal. You right. Know? You I have mean, to give it to someone. There's ways to kind of maybe punt on that, I think, which to me would be smart. I, I just That's what Boston did, though, with Amir Johnson. They gave him a right. two-year where the second year wasn't mm-hmm. guaranteed, a smart, very smart deal. See, yeah. Boston, Boston, I mean, they look great right now, but they're at a scary point because they've got a lot of mid-round draft picks, and they've got the, the Brooklyn pick. And they've got a lot of mid-round draft picks. They can't. They've been desperately trying to unload that they haven't been able to, and they're going to be. They no team is bit with them. Then they want to make that next move. They want to make that next move up. Yeah, they're kind of in that and same spot. That the, stuck where they are because it's like <laughs> they can't unload these picks. It's kind of where they like where the 2012 Nuggets were as far as having all these players and you just need that one guy, but it's so hard to find that right. one guy yeah. to like, take you forward. And you know the thing Boston's though is for one is Boston is a great sports town. The Celtics are a historic franchise, mm-hmm. and I think everybody is kind of in love with Brad Stevens. I think even the players talk about these things, are, are kind of in love with both the front office and, and, and the coaching staff. So sure. I wouldn't be surprised if they made a splash in free agency. Um, Danny Ainge is another one of those we-tried guys. Yeah. and <laughs> We had a move that nobody yeah. saw coming. It's very, very frustrating because not only do they leak like a sieve over there, they, like... They always go with like, well, we almost got this guy. And it's like, imagine if Durant signed there in the summer. Like, I mean, that would be, that awesome. would be not, interesting. It would yeah. not be the worst decision for him personally, in my opinion. Right. I think well, that would be a very east. solid one. First of all, yeah. I, I'm of the opinion that if I were him, I, I I would strongly consider getting out. As much as I love Russell Westbrook, I'm driving the bus of the fan club for Russell Westbrook. But I just don't like the pieces that they've they've had. Lots of opportunities to build there, and they've had some bad luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, some bad injury luck and things mm-hmm. like that, but I just do not like what they've done with that roster. And yeah. I would, if I was Durant, I would probably trust Boston more than I would trust Oklahoma City. Yeah, easily, <laughs> easily. Yeah, I mean, I, well, it's a younger situation too. Yeah. I mean, it's and he's got uh, 
point guards who would probably be willing to pass him the ball in crunch time. <laughs> if he signed with the Warriors, I would be very disappointed because it's like it's that whole thing of when LeBron and everybody teamed up where it's like, man, it's, it's more fun to have a lot of good teams than one good team. Let me, let me throw this guy in. But here. it would be weird if maybe he goes there and wrecks Spe- Warriors. Speaking of that sort of situation, <laughs> oh, thinking of this situation again, we were talking, Adam and I were talking about this earlier. We're going to get your thoughts on this, um, Nate. We <laughs> Should LeBron just go back to Miami? <laughs> if Chris Bosh is healthy, maybe. Chris Bosh is done. No. He clearly likes the people in Miami more than he <laughs> likes the people in Cleveland. I mean, this is I, – I, I looked at this today, and I, ta- I see someone who looks at Miami and thinks that's a well-run organization. <laughs> and he looks at Cleveland and thinks – this is a this is a, a circus. A circus. Hasn't he had a hand in that circus though? Yeah, absolutely. He has. But shouldn't he be somewhere like Pat Riley? That Where says, they don't no, we're him. not letting you do that. So, <laughs> Pat so Riley like, has said that. To so him. he's no. got to save himself from himself. Yes, and he has to have to go to a and, and no one in Cleveland. Why doesn't he just sign with Golden State? That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no one in Cleveland is strong enough to say no to LeBron. It would be no very. One. I mean, he can't. Obviously, he can't go anywhere. Yeah. He screwed himself. If he goes anywhere again, he's. But it's also I the way it should be, decision. I think. He should be. I, 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 maybe I'm a sap. I like the story of him going back to Cleveland to try it. to bring one to win one for him. It is a clown organization by all, <laughs> all accounts, and I'm sure he is absolutely miserable right now <laughs> just thinking, like, everything about this organization. He looks but, like he hates everything. Oh, yeah. I mean. This is a team that was up 2-1 to one in the finals last <laughs> well, year. Well, here's a funny thing. You know, for years we heard about LeBron. He's not serious enough. He's always goofing around. He doesn't have the intensity. Now all the reports are coming out about how all of his teammates are so annoyed with how intense he is all the time. You know, and, and it, it kind of cracks me up because I'm sure he has changed and evolved. Yeah, all players yeah, do. Yeah. But is there also – I also feel some things get reported and some things don't. And some narratives pick up and some narratives don't. And I wonder, like, sure. how intense is this guy? Because I've actually heard re- weird reports for, like, the last five years or so that he is this, like, intense diet freak and, and you know d- – it's really crazy about what he put, what what he eats, and 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 things like that. And now you're hearing that he's like Mister No Fun, Discipline, the Taskmaster of the team, and all the young guys on Cleveland are so annoyed. Well, it's interesting. Did you guys see that workout video that he posted yes. in Miami? <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's like this is a guy who is with people he likes. Right. That's the only thing that, that I saw. I don't care that he was working out in Miami. The only thing that I responded to was like, this is a guy who's where with people he likes. That's why I think that Cleveland could be ripe for an upset to not come out of the East. Uh, I can say that's very likely. Yeah, I would agree with that completely. It's going to be interesting. I think right now is it Cleveland, Toronto, and Boston are the one, two, three seeds. Toronto's the only team that can beat them in the entire East, in my opinion. Yeah, and I don't think they will. Atlanta's really fallen off a lot. I want to see. I'd like to see Boston fall down to the four, so that there's a possibility of. Who's Cleveland. four right now? Is that Atlanta? Uh, Miami. Miami. But I want to see, like, same thing in the Western Conference. I want to see Golden State go through the Thunder and the Spurs, and I want to see Cleveland go through Boston and Toronto, even though both Cleveland and Golden State probably come out of both of those series. I still want to see that. I just want to see, like, the best series possible. Yeah. 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 I agree. And, and uh, obviously, we're talking about the Warriors, that this is. I don't want the Bulls to make the playoffs. I fucking hate watching the Bulls. Well, I tell you what. Apparently, they, they, the apparently they, none of them like Fred Whitberg. So. Uh, that hurts my heart. I thought he was going to be so – after reading Adam's write-up on, uh, so on Hoiberg, on I was – yeah, I loved so it. High. So high on Fred Whitberg. Everything I the read mayor. Was so great. The mayor. <laughs> the what, mayor. A, what a great guy. Yeah. You know, talking about this, though, the matchups and stuff, 
I love the NBA. I'm so defensive of the modern era and all this. Mm-hmm. This really is a disappointing season just in terms of it's kind of an in-between season where – Last season war- was so wide open. Yeah, and this year there really are just so few teams. and um, A lot know, of crap teams in the it, Western Conference too. And it's weird. It just feels like it, it feels like this was the in-between year where teams went two directions. Yeah. Uh, three or four teams pushed their chips all in. One of them was Houston, and that didn't work out. So they got – and then the other one's the Clippers. Here's our chips. Can we yeah, take them back? The Clippers <laughs> pushed their chips all in, too, as best they could. And they've kind of ha- – they've had the injury, you know, bad luck, too. So now we're really down to three teams in the West, two in the East. And, and the Clippers really – I mean, they reshuffled the deck, like, halfway through the year by getting rid of Josh Smith. Lance Stevenson's right. gone. They bring in uh, everybody's favorite player, Jeff Green. <laughs> the Clippers are somewhat interesting to me. I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything, but they are kind of interesting. You know what I like about the Do they Clippers? have a backup point guard? Because mm. Rivers is hurt. Is Chris Paul going to play 48 minutes? The Who is their backup point guard? I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the one oh, thing wait, I, it's uh, Prigioni? Oh, Prigioni. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right, Prigioni. Man. Um, one, thing I, cut one thing I like about the, the Clippers is... They're the only team in the Western Conference that gets chippy with the Warriors. And I just that's the only thing I care about. They're the only ones that are like, screw you. But it's like it doesn't help them, but it's they're the only ones who will. Right. Everyone is <laughs> everyone else is kinda like me. Whoever plays Memphis in the first round, that's gonna be the worst series. It's gonna be horrible. God be We saw series. them a couple games ago. It was just dreadful. It might be Clippers Grizzlies <laughs> once again for like the fourteenth year in a row. Ugh. I think they are the only team with a winning record that has a negative differential. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, <laughs> we looked. At, we were looking at that earlier today. Yeah, they that's have pretty a wild. Negative zero point three differential. <laughs> that's. I mean, <laughs> and the, and they like made moves. The Rockets like, are almost there too. And then and the, the the Grizzlies made moves at thinking that they were like just completely tanking on the year too, yeah. <laughs> because Marcus Hull's yeah. injured. But you know. but then again, like the one team I really love in the West is Portland. I love Portland. Yeah. Like they're fun to watch. I love Lillard. I love McCollum. I love like all the action they run. I like Plumlee for some reason. I think he's good with them. They'll be fun. I mean, they're either going to play probably the Warriors or Spurs unless they can climb out of the the seventh seed. Maybe they'll have to overtake Dallas. Maybe Memphis too if Memphis falls off. Are they a faster paced team this year than they were last year? I don't know. That'd be a random thing for me to know off the top of my head. Because because <laughs> you're I re- the stack guy. Yeah. Because I remember I remember that Portland was always really kind of slow and stodgy, you know. And even with Terry Stotts, they were always like uh, just kind of like dump the ball to the Aldridge. And was Leonard Terry Stotts always considered a good coach, or does that just come about? I think recently? he's been. No, I think he's been. This is no, he's always fourth or fifth season. Or yeah, he's been yeah. well respected. Yeah, I think, yeah. For him he's from the George Carl coaching tree. Yeah, they've been. They've so been is Nate killer, McMillan. But, I like them. Yeah. I want them to climb out because I'd like to see them advance a little bit in the playoffs. I don't want to see them get dusted by the Warriors or the Spurs. Although maybe they put up a fight against. Although Warriors. the Nuggets get their pick too if they make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, maybe they should. Seven and eight for the Blazers and Houston's perfect for Denver. I think so. Yeah, that's that's about ideal for those picks. <laughs> then the Nuggets Sweet. can. Uh, Draft a uh, player who will never get off the bench. <laughs> well, you did. You did say this. Actually, I will bring up this one point. Yes, how much would Brandon Ingram play next year? And this was the year where it was perfect for Jokic and Moody to both get lots of minutes. I, Jokic wasn't supposed to get this many minutes, no, he but wasn't. he earned them. Yeah, some some injuries and things like that. Next year, I I could envision a scenario in which the rookie doesn't get quite the opportunity. I still think if we got yeah. a guy like Ingram or Simmons, yeah. obviously we're going to throw him the ball. But if we get somebody else, you know, four, five, six, seven, somewhere in that range, I could see them being more of a, where well, we're going to trot them out for seven, eight minutes here, 12 minutes here, five minutes here. Um, so that could happen. 
I think so too. I think so too. Especially one guy I like. If I don't know if you'd make it that far, if they had like the fifteenth pick and kept it, or no matter what they do with those, if they trade two picks and move up a couple spots. I like that Denzel Valentine from Michigan State. I can see him as being a really good bench piece for a team. I don't know why. I love him. We have not watched him. So. I, have, I have no idea. He's been all there for like four years. You I mean, haven't seen him? I mean, He's in the tournament last all year. All I know about Michigan State is uh, Draymond Green and Gary Harris. Always draft Michigan State players. They're always good. They're always good defensively, yes. <laughs> Gary Harris' offensive numbers look pretty good, Jim. Pretty good. Well, yeah. you guys want to get out of here? I don't even know if the elevators still work. What if we're locked up here? I'll have to text Gelt. We'll have to go Save down us. here. We'll have to like to like repel down the uh, use down our the shirts seats. to form a rope yeah. to, to get down. <laughs> Thank you for not le- making me uh, hate quote unquote on DJ Augustine. Oh yeah, oh. You, you escaped. I, I, Twitter has made me into a bit of a hater apparently lately. But uh, when I saw uh, Matt Moore pick up the scent of your DJ Augustine hate, I just I felt bad for you after that. <laughs> He's gonna still stay on it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I like DJ. He's playing all right, huh? He's in some shots here and there. He's, he's good on offense sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, hey, appreciate it. Adam. Thanks for sticking around, joining us tonight. You got to get back to your family, I'm sure. Get back to the basement. You got to finish that man cave. Get back to the basement. Get back to the basement <laughs> with <Yeah>. you. <laughs> some kind of goblin. <laughs> Adam is building a spot where we could potentially watch March Madness plus NBA playoffs. That's my goal. Oh, it's going to be unreal. Oh, it's going to be, be unreal. That'd be great. Comfy chairs. Yeah, it sounds good. All right, guys, we'll see you guys next week. Right. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.